everybody. Hey, it's Danny. Hi, I'm Tamara Levitt, and this is The Calm. <laughs> Beautiful. That was very calming. I love her voice. Hi, guys. This is Drea, and welcome to another episode of Spin the Bottle with The Calm app. Today, we have a special edition spinoff for you guys, all around voting. Yay. It's exciting. Voting. Yay. Are you excited? Listen, no doubt everybody's heard countless thought leaders, countless celebrities, politicians, literally everyone on social media is telling us to vote. Everybody. And you may be thinking, why? Why does voting matter? And specifically, why does my one vote matter? And that is exactly why we have this spin. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's correct. So, Drea, what is your personal stance on voting? Do you think it's important to vote? And if so, why? It is important to vote. And yet I understand why people are so upset by it and feel like their voices don't matter. My personal stance on voting is that it is so challenging to complain, to offer an opinion, to, I don't know, be be excited or... Uh, passionate about something and not go to the voting polls to kind of exercise you know that civil right more importantly what I always lean on because I do sometimes feel like does this matter is this Mm -hmm. really going to make a difference I know that there are so many um I guess like system flaws that could potentially happen and just how things don't necessarily always work out in favor for black and brown people that it becomes very discouraging. But I vote personally because I feel that so many people were hurt and harmed in their fight for me to vote. That so many people that died, (laughs) literally literally died, were killed for the right to vote. Uh, So many of our ancestors who were denied the right to vote, even when they could fully exercise it, but like people kept them from voting. And that in is that in itself is enough for me to get in my car and go spend an hour at the polls. Like I honestly feel that people who say they don't vote um, have have succumbed to defeatism and actually are just emotionally exercising, like are emotionally just upset because they don't know what else to do. They feel helpless, and that is like a cry for help. Sure. I don't know. I just feel that way. I know for me, it does feel I've always voted. It's always been important to me. But I definitely, you know, when I think about the amount of vitriol and just the amount of angst that went around simply getting certain people and certain groups the ability to vote and to vote safely and to have representation. And I think about how many you know, we're talking a hundred or so years um, from the Civil War to make that kind of happen. And the amount of effort that went into blocking the vote, it does make me realize also the power of people coming together to have representation. Um, Because there was a very real fear (laughs) around different people having a voice because the way that you move things in a democracy when it works, and we hope it does, Um, is that when you have representation, you can change things, right? And so 
um, there was a very specific and targeted reason there were certain people not uh, included in the vote um, and the way that that would shift things. And so it also feels a little bit like, yes, we're honoring the ancestors because they fought so hard for the vote, but also we can't really say I'm mad about something or it doesn't work if we don't participate in the process is my feeling about that. So mm -hmm. yeah. I'm still working on that. I read recently someone kind of arguing the statement that you can be upset about the process and not participate in the process and still have a voice because it affects you. I just feel like your argument is sort of you can sure you can yeah I mean, anybody you, you, can you say anybody anything. can say anything but yeah. not just the ability to say it but like you have a right to still be mad and not vote um that to me just I don't know I don't really agree with it but I, I always try to see both sides and I like to understand the argument I'm still knocking around in my head about what that argument is because to me it's very it kind of invalidates what your you know your entire argument of why you're not you don't like something I'm yeah. upset about how many taxes we have to pay I don't understand why businesses don't pay taxes to help our schools well like that's on the ballot so that's why didn't literally you, on the you ballot should have voted for that I also think people get really caught up in um really caught up in like presidential elections and singular elections and single issues and we'll talk about that later but I think it's personally important to vote we now we know why you know why you care why i care but digging a little deeper into the history i think is kind of important too yes which is a perfect cue up to me and having a nerdy historical moment which really is where i feel like i can shine so let's just take it back way way back back into time okay y'all picture it the newly reunited united states um, we're right around the 14th and 15th amendments, and those are ratified in 1868 and 1870, respectively. These particular amendments were really important because they provided rights to men. And by that, we really mean only men. Women would not get the vote until sometime later. But for now, we're here. We're here. So we have only men. And they're basically giving all men the following rights, which was really important for our country. So in the 14th Amendment, um, basically that granted citizenship to all people born or naturalized in the United States. So that said, um, the former slaves were guaranteed equal protection of the law. And you will hear that a lot, but um, that meant that there was equal protection for all people under the law under this 14th Amendment, which was a huge deal. And then in 1870, we had the passing of the 15th Amendment, and that staged, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that stated the voting rights would not be denied, abridged by the United States or any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. So not only were slaves given equal protection of the law in the 14th Amendment, but by the time we get the 15th Amendment, we're now saying that we cannot be denied the vote based on race, color, or the fact that you used to be a slave, which gives a whole new demographic the right to vote. So right after the Civil War, when all of this passed from 1865 to 1867, there was really a lot of progress for blacks. Um, some of the most important footnotes there are that a lot of black people actively took up the rights that were afforded to them by these new amendments. Um, we had two United States senators, 14 members of the United States House of Representatives, and 1,300 African-American men and women who held government 
appointed jobs. So if you think about that in the 1860s into the 1870s, that's really a huge feat and a lot of progress in a little bit of time. Of course, over the course of the late 1860s and 70s, the federal government actually withdrew their military presence in the South, and that caused a big issue. So with no troops to enforce the newly ratified amendments, Reconstruction came to an end. So now we go into a period where you see um, lynching, disenfranchisement, um, segregation laws, all kinds of things happened as a result um, of the nation pulling out their troops and people stopped voting and stopped registering to vote. So really, that takes us all the way from the 1870s to the 1960s, where the civil rights movement um, actually ended up helping Jim Crow segregation be outlawed. So. It's all important to know about the history of what happened because although men had the right to vote after the Civil War, there was a deliberate effort to impede that right from being exercised. So here we are talking about why it's important to vote, why it is important for your voice to be heard, and piggybacking back to what I said earlier, really that there was a violent oppression to people exercising their constitutional rights and that equal protection under the law that we talked about. I mean, it, it's all very, um, it's all very discouraging. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I think knowing the history, knowing the history is really important because one, um, we had so many African Americans who fought in that war, and yes, to to fight in a war to then be denied the freedoms that you are fighting for. Um, and then to be maybe even forced back into labor in some ways, which is kind of what um, what ended up happening during that period after the Reconstruction period ended and, you know, the troops were removed. What happened is the southern states started to say, OK, like we need to take back our power. That's right. And we need to do it, you know, against the four million slaves that were freed in the South. I think it's important to know that voter suppression has been happening for quite some time. It's been a really serious issue. Um, four million slaves freed four million is a big number and more than likely they are not going to vote for more oppression sure right it's fair more it's fair than conclusion. likely <laughs> yeah. they're going to try to exercise their right to live normal lives um, to operate as citizens of the United States so we know why it's partially important for us to vote yes I know what you think you know what I think cool 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 um, I think it might be good to dig a little deeper into the history, which I know you love. Yes, this is truly my time to shine because I get to give historical knowledge, which I really love. So me being the nerd that I am, let's take a trip. Let's go back, way, way, way back, back into time. Picture it. The newly reunited United States post the Civil War. Beautiful. Right around this time, America has passed the 14th and 15th Amendments, which are ratified in 1868 and 1870, respectively. These amendments basically provided rights to men. And by that, we really do mean just men, because women did not have the vote yet. More on that later. So the 14th Amendment was approved by Congress in 1866, and basically it granted citizenship to all persons born or naturalized in the United States, including former slaves, and it also guaranteed equal protection of laws to all of its citizens. That was a really important 
factor and you will hear um, in the civil rights movement that came later and all types of things were um, calling on that amendment and our equal protection under the law. So really important piece of legislation. Then we go into the 15th Amendment. And that basically says that voting rights could not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. So this gives a whole new demographic of people the right as men to vote and the right to have equal protection of the law. So directly following the Civil War, this really helped usher in a time that's called the Reconstruction from 1865 to 1867, and it saw a lot of progress based on these amendments for blacks. Um, Some notable highlights are blacks really actively took up the rights, opportunities, and responsibilities of citizenship. There were two United States senators, 14 members of the United States House of Representatives, and another 1,300 black men and women held government appointed jobs if you really take the time to think about it that amount of progress in such a little amount of time really does show the strength of what those amendments afforded people and black people really took advantage of it so we have this time where we see a lot of progress schools are opening things are happening black people are climbing the ranks and here we go so the federal government's military presence ends up being withdrawn so it's starting to withdraw from different various southern states and in 1877 president Rutherby hayes orders the last of the federal troops out so with no troops to enforce the 14th and 15th amendment reconstruction effectively came to an end because what you saw across the south was lynching, disenfranchisement, segregation laws, all kinds of things were put into effect to keep black people from registering to vote and intimidating them from going to the polls. It wouldn't be until after the Second World War and the 1860 Civil Rights Movement that Jim Crow segregation would actually be outlawed. All of this is really important to know because although men had the right to vote after the Civil War, there was a deliberate effort in place for a very long time to impede people from exercising that right and uh, having rep- their voice represented. So it's really important to know the history of it, how long these amendments have been put into place, and also how long they were fought. Also, in another historical note, uh, women would not get the right to vote until 1920 with the ratification of the 19th Amendment. So took us a really long time to get to a point where we said all American citizens could actually vote in this country. I think there are so many good points about all of those moments in history. One being that none of that happened without active engagement and protest. Yes. None of it happened without making waves or causing a stir or whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah, it just didn't happen. It just wasn't nothing. I think that one of the hardest things for us to come to terms with is that we have to fight for everything. It's really hard to think about. But the truth is that the things don't change unless you say something. I also find it really interesting. We don't talk about it a lot, but there was a period, the Reconstruction period, where blacks were beginning to prosper. And we kind of skip over that a lot. That's not what this episode is about, but I feel that it's so important to know that you know, blacks were doing much better than they had ever been. I mean, they were right. no, they were free, right? Um, and flourishing and w- two senators. Exactly. Think about that. Yeah. So they were really flourishing, and this, and once, um, you know, once they were freed from slavery, found their place 
in American society. And that was really disconcerting to a lot of white people. And I just find that we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about the fact that we made it to Congress. And, you know, we just don't discuss it. And I feel like it's a really important point. Also very important is to talk about voter suppression and how it's been a major issue. I mean, we know the KKK has was running rampant and terrorizing people. Um, and that even even with those with with families being terrorized, um, this is another really fantastic uh, note is that black people rose up against the KKK in some communities and became all they 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 would stand guard right? That's right not in all communities but there was i can't remember what the name is i have to kind of I have to look it up maybe share it in our show notes but it was really just remarkable that like we don't take things lying down we're just not those kind of people and i just think that's really powerful um sadly you know the black codes were were um imposed and you know those are restrictive laws and they were designed to limit the freedom when four million slaves are freed and they have this desire to build their own lives like that seems very dangerous for some people in power right they're probably not going to vote for you to continue to oppress them um and so with the black codes being imposed with things like stopping people from voting through literacy test and poll taxes and um killing yeah like let's not let's be real about it like it wasn't just it wasn't this (laughs) civil just take this test um and then you can vote or you know whatever like voter suppression people understand the power of the vote and especially white people understand that you have an agency and you can use your voice and when you use your voice based on how our democracy is set up you sway the tides of power right that's right um it's super unfortunate and it's not something that we can take lightly i don't think we understand how often like voters rights are up for discussion at the supreme court even today right we just don't understand you know i you, you might see like a post about it on social media you're like what do you mean we all have the right to vote it doesn't make any sense but like for for ages yeah for ages we've been dealing with this and it honestly wasn't until the voting rights act uh which banned literacy tests and other methods used to disenfranchise voters and the u.s supreme court um ruled in harper v virginia board of elections that poll taxes so poll taxes were also another issue yeah it's like oh you pay a poll tax so um seemingly inconsequential except for a lot of people that was like do i feed my children or do i pay this poll tax to vote right Right? so definitely um disenfranchising huge groups of the population but anyhow um it wasn't until those things were passed in 1966 and 1964 where they also said it was unconstitutional for state and local elections to charge poll taxes that there was a real resurgence in the number of black registered voters because although technically it was legal on the books, there had been so much work to make people fear, um, so much work done to quiet people, um, for people to feel like their voice, uh, one, would not be heard, (laughs) and two, um, if they tried to exercise their right to vote, they would suffer, if not bodily damage, maybe damage to their home, maybe lose their jobs. There were very real repercussions (laughs) to trying to vote <laughs> so can this I is just the read? 60s guys yeah this is the 60s 1965 can i just read you 
an Alabama voter literacy test. Oh, just please. like I just want to read you. Please. So literacy tests were given um, p- parts of the Alabama Constitution to read aloud. These were different in every state, right? And then they were like taken from this big binder. Um, if white applicants were given the test, they were given sort of like the easy ones, and yeah. then people who were the black applicants got the hard ones. So, for example, a white applicant might be given that section 20 that no person shall be imprisoned for debt a black applicant would be given the income arising from the 16th section trust fund the surplus revenue fund until it is called for by the united states government and the funds enumerate in sections 257 and 258 of this constitution together with the special annual tax of 30 cents on each 100 dollars of taxable property in this state which the legislator shall levy shall be applied to the support and maintenance of the public schools and it should be the duty of the legislator to increase the public school fund from time to time as necessity thereof, and the condition of the treasury and the resources of the state i have not reached a period yet and i'm not done <laughs> Okay. Which by May the just by provided that nothing herein <laughs> contained shall be so construed authorized legislators. L- literally, there's not a period in this sentence. Um, there are law students who don't know the answers to those right. questions. It's not even a question. It's just a section to read. It was a literacy test, and we already know that slaves were not allowed to read. And while some learned illegally, most. Most did not. And also important to know um, to make sure that they that all bases were covered. There were loopholes even for white people who could not read because there were also white of people course, who right. read, which was that if your grandfather could read, if your grandfather then, could read, then, which is technically no, no black, so. per, no black slave ever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, it's rough stuff. Um, brings us back to our main point why we went down this rabbit hole. It's just so important to vote if you consider just my point of view and just like what our ancestors had to endure to get to the voting polls, what and they fought for yes. to and get to the polls. And it's not just black people, guys. It is, there was the Chinese Exclusion Act. There's the indigenous people. There are, there are many groups that are systematically disenfranchised and whose voices are not wanted to be heard and have not wanted to be heard over the years. So yes, we're talking specifically about this, but trust uh many a people (laughs) many a people uh the young the elderly are affected by these kind of laws and restrictions very true and 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 even and we haven't really talked about today um but even today there are like id laws that are um i don't know if they're laws or just regulations like you have to bring your id with you and you have to be able to Show and it is an a American government citizen. issue. It's a government, and it can't it's a very be specific ID. It's very specific ID. Um, I was watching All In, which is the Stacey Abrams. Um, I don't know. I guess it's a documentary. It's fantastic. Talked yeah. about her, you know, her rise to to running for governor, her childhood, like what she experienced growing up, her family, um, and then talks about voter suppression and just like what is very real and what's happening in the United States today. And yeah, a, I think a woman there, she said she had like three forms of ID. She had a social security card. Uh, a and social she security, had a social security card. card. You only get one number. Yeah. Yep. And and she She's had an older picture black ID woman. with her name on it and something else. And they wouldn't let her vote. They wouldn't let her vote. Can you imagine being that being an older woman and someone telling you? Yeah. She said, I mean, you yeah. guys have to really, really got to watch that movie. Cause also, so there's good. the exact match uh, conversation, which is looking at signatures to see if it's an exact match which can be very problematic 
um, particularly for immigrants who have maybe taken an American name or a different name. They don't have traditionally a have a consistent Chinese. signature. Yeah. So they it take affects on new names. Mm-hmm. huge groups of people. Yeah. And why? Because people know the represent they representation matters That's and right. no one can deny that and that is why your vote is being suppressed and so if you are one of those people who feels like your vote doesn't matter ask yourself why would they fight so hard so hard (laughs) for you not to vote you know that's right like can you spend an hour or two voting can you do that because it's just an hour or two yep for your whole life yep i don't know um and I have a very unpopular opinion. Let's hear it. Uh, voting your conscience to me isn't always the best move. Sure. Um, and, you know, it'd be great to hear another argument on this. Like, in what cases does it matter? And we could talk about this in terms of, like, the Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Harambe. <laughs> You, you realize when people put Harambe on the on the ballot because they felt like the gorilla needed representation. So voting your conscience, conscience. Um, I don't know. I just don't always feel like it's the best move in a place where this is the United States, and unfortunately, it's a very flawed country, just like so many others. And I have to say that politics is not just it. The, this ideal that I'm going to vote what I believe in. And this is what I believe, and that's it. Without looking at the strategic oh, right. and the entire picture, I mean, I hate to say it, but you could even see. I I know why she did it, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg not not stepping down from yeah. Supreme Court and leaving that strategic decision up to where we are, where we stand today, which is she passed on, and so now that seat with a Republican president in power goes to a Democratic. I'm sorry, goes to. The Republicans, and of course they're going to feel that seat. And you know, it's totally true. Democrats would do the same thing. Well, they we can tried. argue. They tried. You know what I mean? We can argue about. Oh, you know, we should the next president. But quite honestly, unfortunately, the reality is this is a. It's politics are about relationships and strategy, and that is why we need more people to be involved and more people that look like us that have different experiences. Um, more people who have that aren't almost 80 that aren't (laughs) almost 80 that don't have like this perfect career that they've had that don't you know um someone who's who's been through it who you know who's Mm -hmm. grown up in poverty like we need these different types of voices because that is truly what our country is our country is not a bunch of 50 wait they're way older than 50 70 70 they're way older 70 it's a lot Old of living gray white men like and listen that group is declining that group is declining and there is wisdom there but it's also that is not just the snapshot of our country it's just right? not and so you have more to women have more, more women. immigrants That's more right. just there's younger people more younger people um i don't know i think there's beauty and so much to gain from the diversity that exists in the united states Yet are the people that make the decisions for us do not look like us um, and don't have and not just look. They don't have the same experiences as we do. And I feel like that's incredibly harmful. Now, my point was voting your conscience is not always the best because I think that you are uh, if right now, right now we only have two parties. Do I agree that we should only have two parties? No, I agree with that as well. 
we know we shouldn't but at the same time that is where we are and that is how the decisions are being made so for do if i if if anyone writes ruth bader ginsburg in to the <laughs> on the presidential ballot Send me, send me your just, address. And especially I just, when you, or anybody. I'm just like, no. Especially when you realize even last election, when you think one vote doesn't matter, and it's like when and you realize marginal. the smallest margin. I think we should talk about that more. Just how small. the It was a very small it margin. Was tiny. And that's like, think about, like, look at the results. Even of, like, okay, yes, the popular vote didn't necessarily matter in this case. <laughs> just another conversation. Totally. Like, so many conversations. The popular vote wasn't the winner, right, last time. However, but the the very thin margin, the small, tiny margin that Trump won by, what if you had voted? Questions just we like, can all ask ourselves. When you, you think never, your one, vote, you did, never your one think. vote doesn't matter, and it's like, oh, there's a difference of 11,000 yeah. votes in I was, this I said 25,000, yeah. but 11,000, yeah, think 11,000 votes, and you couldn't be bothered to vote because it don't matter. It matters. Nobody listens to my voice anyway. It matters. Well, they were. We was waiting on you. And what happened? And just piggybacking on what you're talking about, your your conscience. And also, like, if you are a single issue voter, uh, that can also miss the big picture in a lot of ways. Right. All of us have, uh, you know, issues that we feel very strongly about. But if the only thing you are looking at is one particular issue, you might really miss the big picture. And it's really important to consider um, what happens in the middle. So this goes into our presidential election, right? So a lot of people feel like, okay, I vote for president. And so I exercise that vote. But it's really important to get involved in what happens between elections, right? To Why? understand because what's of how states are s- able to operate. Correct. Your state and your, your city. State. Your city. Uh, The meetings, the conversations, the bills, taxes, like all of those things. If those are the things that you're actually upset about, then the president is not one. We're not going to wait four years or eight years for a new president for that to happen. But also local politics matter even more than who the president is is and affect us more directly. So none of us can afford to be uh, to not be political because we are all taxpaying citizens. And you can't you can't use that argument anymore. Um. Um, especially now and I think for so long we use that argument oh I'm not a political person I'm not a political person because it was awkward and maybe uncomfortable for you to state a view that no one else agreed with Um, and I do think we have a lot of work to do in regards to like division amongst people with different views my my personal view is that if you support racist then you don't care about me as a person and that is just how I feel and sure okay so i don't know if you're supporting racism if you're supporting racist commentary and that's not a deal breaker for you then i don't think you're i don't think we should be friends (laughs) (laughs) sorry okay now but if we have different views on like taxes and homelessness and like let's talk about those things immigration immigration they're just things but you sort of denying my existence as a human as a person and denying any sort of ability that I have to exercise and to live and to thrive I think that's going to be a problem we need to have these difficult conversations with people that we don't agree with I think that's fine but I draw the line at like you don't think I should be given the same civil liberties as you correct and I think everybody should agree draw that line there um 
but we can't afford to sit back and say, oh, I'm not political because you are just by being an American citizen. You are paying taxes. You are driving on these streets. Do you know, you're especially I think COVID has shed a light on just how connected it's how connected we really all are. And you can't necessarily like um, not interested your way out of it. I don't know. It's just not an option for you. You don't have to run for government. But, like, your money matters, you know. You don't have to yeah. run for office. Uh, you don't have to go out and picket and protest. But you might want to know, like, what the issues are. I don't know. It's just very hard now for us to be standing by without, like, much. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. Like, what is that? I'm yeah. sorry. You can't afford to do that anymore. I'm in agreement. I really feel like if Americans valued education and community as much as it values money and fame, we would be in a completely different place. Um, we receive community for churches, working out, all kinds of things, but we don't know our neighbors. We don't know what's going on in our cities, in our communities, and we don't get involved. And that kind of stuff really matters. <laughs> it, really it really does. does. For the fabric of, you know, what we're trying to, to build and move forward. So, um, and we know, I mean, we've been talking about this, but... Even today, um, there are so many ways that voter suppression is still alive and well, guys, which is why it is still an issue. This isn't a past thing. It hasn't all been remedied and why it's so important for you to exercise your vote. You heard about voter ID laws. There's voter registration restrictions. There's voter purges. There's felony disenfranchisement. There's gerrymandering. And all of those things affect people of color, the young, the elderly, people with disabilities. It's a lot of people, guys, a lot of people whose voices aren't being heard. So we've gone on and on but really what we want you to take away from this if anything is that we can't afford not to be political we can't afford not to vote particularly with everything that is going on and we hope that you will exercise that privilege and that right because because it is a privilege it is a privilege (laughs) and and it is a right and then I think I just also want to add to voting is the bare minimum that is like almost the least that you could do in this in this world of politics in this world of in this american life that's the very least that you can do there's so much more to this to this i don't know this political governing like to this democracy there's so much more to this democracy voting for governor is the bare minimum you're gonna run uh no (laughs) not running no uh but i will will support whoever i feel like is the best candidate if you guys have any questions if you guys have any comments we would love to hear from you please shout us a holler at hello at ddspinthebottle.com or at ddspinthebottle on instagram we'll be right back